Snack Hair Against Production. What's the name of Uncle Poochie's podcast? Uh, six Feet Under. Six, six Feet Under podcast. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever it's Mr. Reese, you're listening to another video for the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Poochie. And uh, don't worry about Frank. Frank cool. Sister John's cool. But everything great because we back on YouTube. And I don't even... I, I'm fanboying. I really am. This is like <laughs> one of the few Virgos that can speak to me and my spirit. And yes. I don't think they're musty because this person isn't musty. So I'm going to leave this person who does not need any more introduction. <laughs> the table. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, everybody listening to the Six Feet Under podcast. I am Rez. You can see it down there. And I'm from the Textually Active podcast. If you listen to the Six Feet Under podcast, you hear my voice in the intro. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm her. I'm that girl. That's me. That's, that's the lady. You know what? People for a long time thought that um, people for a long time thought, thought your voice wasn't real. They, you know, they was out here hating on your boy Rez. They was, they thought I made that all up. I mean, I was like, I, I mean, yeah, I, I edit the videos. Like, no, 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 that's that was your voice. Like, people like me. People like me. <laughs> people allow me to use their voice. It's not people, just made although, up. Although I will say, I did it. I was very excited before I even asked her. So I'm sorry I didn't clear the copyright. I didn't clear the sample with you. Uh, you know, but I, I got you. I got your approval. Appreciate you. I was so flattered. I'm like, dang, people want to use my voice to do you, stuff? This is cool. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I had a Tyler Perry crying moment once I heard you guys say my name on your podcast. And what's so funny about it was when you said it, that episode was from back like in December. And I remember I wanted to use it so bad. I wanted to use it so bad. But at the time, I didn't know how to ask. You know, it was one of those things. And then I came around. I just did it. And I was just like, I just hope she's proud of me. So thank you for being here, Rez. I really appreciate having you on the show. I'm like very honored to have you on. If y'all don't know, now you know, Rez is, um, she is one third of the Sexual Action Podcast. Y'all hear me talk about them all the time. My boy, Measy Boulevard, gang, gang. He's on the show. I think we've had Measy on three times. Um, he was on my first episode, gang, gang. And then producer EA Green, my personal favorite, you know, my Jay-Z to this Kanye, you know, and happen to be your husband. That's your husband. My husband, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I wanted to bring Rez on because um, I think I've been listening to Rez's podcast for about three years. About three years um, I've been listening. And to say that her show, the show that she's on, is going through a metamorphosis is saying small potatoes, yo. And to say that she is a person has not changed a lot is definitely not giving her her roses. So I was like, yo, Rez, yo, when you get off tour, because I know you be touring, you know, you be out there, you be outside. You don't know where Rez at at any time, yo. Rez be in Miami, then Rez be in <laughs> Delaware. Shout out to Delaware. I don't know what the fuck that is on the map. Shout out to Delaware. <laughs> it's on the East Coast. It's right underneath of Philly, right near Maryland. It's over there. It's small. You might miss it if you move too fast. Gang, gang. Whatever y'all black folks doing in Delaware, shout out to y'all. Because when Rez said she was from Delaware, I said, I, I don't wear. No. And then she said, you said what the fuck? What do they do there? Well, you know what that shit reminded me of, Rez? You remember forget, uh, Delivered from Eva? Yes. Uh, there was a scene in there when they was telling LL Cool J to like get up out. Like he was like, move, just leave and go somewhere like where we can't find a map, like Connecticut. Delaware. Yeah, do you think Delaware. Eva was a Virgo? Oh, yeah, she was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, all yes. the way. Oh, all the way. Was. That energy was just Virgo. Musty. That's what it was. 
I didn't like stiff. it. It was very much stiff. It was needed because I think their parents died young, but damn, sis. Light up. You got to let up. At yeah. some point, you just have to let go. I, I resonate with Buddy's name, whoever the one that was dating Megan Good in that movie, when he said, I proposed to you and gave up my wild ways. And I said, yes, Lord. Hell of a but the thing about Eva, though, is when she <laughs> let her guard down, she got her feelings hurt. Well, you know, I'd be kind of mad, too, if somebody left me for going, to, going for the win fabulous. I mean, right. you can't you can't compete with them shoulders. And that's about as petty as I'm going to get on that, that topic <laughs> right there. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 you <laughs> but Rez, thank you so very much for being on the show. Rez, um, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, first and foremost, I'm proud of you. Um, you Thank graduated you. from college since uh, I've been listening to your podcast, and now you know I, I, I don't know necessarily what you do in your personal life, but I'm imagining you're in a different field. How does it feel? Oh, actually, and you into your 30s too. Yes, since I've been listening to you. Oh, my goodness, girl. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I can't believe we've been doing textually active since mm-hmm. 2017, no, 18, 2018. Oh. So that's Eight, 19, 20, 21. So about mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. Um, and a lot has changed. I was 28. Mm-hmm. Shit, I can't do math, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was. I think I was around 28, 27 when I started yeah. doing the show. And we actually were just talking about this on our episode back when we first came back, the Rojo Table Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, just the amount of growth that happened between then and now. So listening to TA, like you hear that. So when somebody tells me they've been listening to TA for three years, I'm like, yo, this this family, they know they know secrets. Man, listen, <laughs> and Rez ain't lying because there's some episodes of my podcast that have been took off. I was like, oh, ho, 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 ho. I'm oh, so good. Uh, you go back this. and start listening. You're like, whoa, we got to get this off the air. Uh-uh, hold on. Hold on. Because no, as Rez will tell you, Nothing's wilder about podcasting than this fact. I felt this really in my chest, and I'm sure she probably felt this too. When you're podcasting, at least initially, because you don't see much return on it, you're just doing it, you don't really know who's listening until someone says, I listen to your podcast. Because Sometimes when people catch you with that out in public, it's like, what What have you heard? Yeah, yeah what you heard. What you heard. I turned to Grand Fires. What do you know? Yeah. What, what you heard? Tell me what you what, what have you heard? I, what was crazy to me is um, you said it, so you shouldn't necessarily be no. no. Sometimes, like when I was under the influence of truly, oh, them nights got crazy, and you could tell, like you could definitely tell, because it was a lot of fuck it in that voice in them well, episodes. If I if I can if I can allow myself to reminisce on a fan moment, <clears throat> that was an episode where. <laughs> Measy says something to you, uh-huh. and you go, all right, bro, you ain't going to keep trying me like this. And I said, oh, 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 I believe it. You were like, nah, bro, that's the second time. I said, oh, man. I believe oh, it. And the voice didn't change and everything. But as you said, um, and if y'all didn't catch that, the Trulies, uh, which is an alcoholic beverage, I, my uncle's Puche, black ass self, do not drink anymore because just like Rez here, um, I get loose off the goose, all right? And I I'm had to give it up. Too. So, I get violent. On. I haven't been in a fight since like 2013. I can't. I can't do that. Like I have to. <laughs> have to chill. I. I can't drink and get a, get turned up. I have to sit down. I got tea in my cup. <laughs> you got tea in your cup. All right. Okay. We we sipping tea today. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. It's your cup. Drink it. You know, like Wayne said, it's your cup. Drink it. Whatever's you, in your cup, it's your cup. It's your cup. When he said that, I have never seen a more um, 
supportive nigga in bad behavior in a moment that I supported myself. When he said that, I said, you know what? I actually wasn't that bad as an alcoholic. It was my cup. Okay. That was yeah. my cup. <laughs> That's why women keep leaving me. That's why I keep getting fired. But you know what? It's my cup. Drink it. Thanks, Mr. Domaine Carter. You saying something? No, that's accountability. It, it takes a lot of accountability to be able to say, you know what, this may not be right for me. It may and not. I think that was where I was coming coming around to. Yeah. And it wasn't like I did something super embarrassing or mm-hmm. like I lost my job or anything. It was just like I'm 30. I'm a wife now. Like mm-hmm. I want to see change in my life. I want to make major changes. So in order for me to enact change in my life, I have to change some things about myself that are no longer serving me. And I feel like alcohol just wasn't serving me. I'm like, why am I drinking? Like, it doesn't even taste good. And when I say taste, I'm not talking about like alcohol is nasty, period. But when I had COVID in January, I lost like my senses, they still ain't that. So wine don't even taste good. Beer don't even taste good. Mixed drink, it don't taste good to begin with. So I'm drinking it just to get drunk, and that's not fun. Like, okay, I'm drunk now. And and then here's my, here's here's my biggest thing on this. And I and I listen. I don't mean there's no shade because here's my thing. I I love me this, but uh, that weight that mm. alcohol puts on your body and your oh, face too. It oh, like swells your face up. It, everything. And so what was for me was I. And, you know, congratulations for uh, using the word that I think is the biggest portion, serves, because that's what people don't realize. The serving is what really makes a big deal, which is kind of ironic when you think about servings and alcohol and how it comes into play with words. But um, it it would you say, because you didn't have anything crazy happen, was your choice more based off of like your mental health or more was it based off your physical health? Which one came first for you to be like, all right, this is not going to work for me? Because for me, well, think, it was my mental. Because my health, I didn't give a fuck about my, my physical health. My health, whatever. I think it was a combination of two things. Not so much physical, but mm-hmm. it was mental. And then it was also seeing the way that it was affecting people around me. Um, specifically, like, my immediate family and how they handle alcohol. Mm-hmm. And how, with them being older and them still being in this cycle of drinking and it, it becomes a pattern from my mother, from my father, from my aunts and uncles, and just seeing the way that it affected my family in the past and the behaviors and lining things up with genetics. Like, dang, I am easily influenced and I could easily turn into this could turn into a, a, an addiction. And throughout my career of drinking, I started drinking when I was like 13. <laughs> I was in middle school drinking. I used to come home and call them pissy drunk naps. I would just like my parents had and I guess the the statue of limitations is up, but they had the bar. And it was just like one of those cute bars. And I would come home and this is probably thinking back like, bitch, you've been depressed. You had depression for a while. If You're coming home from middle school and you want to drink so that you could take a pissy drunk nap. Like, Mm. so and and, and I don't mean to cut you off there, but yeah. That's even crazier because the words you use right there with depression is really harsh because if you think about this, and, and I'm not saying this was your situation, but this is a lot of our situations. Um, the year is 2003 or whatever the hell year this is, right? And you're 13 years old and you're a black kid and right there about Chingy is playing. Your mom and daddy do not believe you when you say you're depressed as they just saw you do the whole chicken wing dance. Okay. okay. They, what is depression? 
What, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? I depressed what? these dishes. I was just going to say, depressed these dishes. We've depressed that homework. Depressed that homework. Do you know your multiplications? Do, and it, it's just like, on one hand, I feel them. Because, you know, obviously, I, I get what they were trying to say. But on the other hand, which this is a huge reason why I was even drawn into Textual Active, y'all. I've been telling you about this show forever, was that the the, the realism that Textual Active had this episode many, many moons ago. This is when y'all had four people. Um, and y'all talked about how in your upbringing, you didn't really have the ability to voice how you felt about it. Like, it wasn't like, um, well, this don't feel comfortable. It was like, no, I don't really give a fuck what your comfort is. You don't believe in comfort, kid. And that was unfortunate, but as Texture, I have to put it in perspective, this is why I love them. It's one thing to blame our parents in the past generation for what they didn't do for us. That's one thing we can't do. But it's another thing to understand why they didn't do it. You see, I like to think that my father's inability to share what he did in the 80s with me isn't because my dad doesn't like to talk about his life or he don't want to talk to me. It's because nobody here to ask you might ask my father keep senior how do you feel about that in 1985 fuck no how do right. you feel <laughs> right it's not an open space well then it wasn't now as yeah. you get older your parents are more likely to tell you yeah. stories yeah but it's like you asked like what led to not drinking anymore so it was a combination of the family history, but then also the mental health history. And it mm. took for me to get to this age right now to look back and have a moment of reflection and say, you, you might not be okay. Like people don't just drink the way that you drink. Like people actually take the time to feel the feelings that they're feeling. And I was using alcohol to just numb like feelings. So I, wasn't able to open up on my podcast, wasn't able to open up to my friends. People see me as closed off. I don't talk about everything. And then it will be moments where I just, you know, hold everything up and I'm just like breaking down crying. So you have that paired with the history of like your family, your dad not opening up, your your mom not being available to listen and all those other things. And you just continue on those habits. But like you said, you can't blame your parents for that. Once you get to a certain age, I'm 30 now, you have to deal with some shit. Like you have to take accountability and start making a change for yourself. When I hit rock bottom and I was doing uh, dashly things to my body that I never thought I would do. I remember I had this moment when um, I, I, uh, I started crying and I remember for the first time I cried because I had nobody to blame but myself. Like I remember I was sitting I, had, uh, I was living with someone at the time. Uh, we weren't fucking getting along, whatever. And I was like sitting in the bathroom. And I, I remember I fucking stubbed my toe. Oh, girl, I hit my baby toe. Truth. And it hurt so bad. And I sat there and I looked up and I just looked up at the ceiling. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be here anymore. And it was just like, but I didn't mean like in the sense of like dying. I just meant I didn't want to be like in this feeling anymore. And I thought about my whole life at that point. I was 20, 26. And uh, I remember thinking like, yo, this is my fault. And at that point, I started navigating this whole plan on how I was going to get my life together. And, oh, man, at 29 now, it has been one hell of the three years that I've been listening to you guys. Because if, if I can be honest, and again, I've talked about this multiple times on my show. 
one of the reasons why I love Textual Active, and I wrote a review on this. This I feel like a white woman when I did a review. Um, <laughs> was that the the the, the um, and it's crazy to hear Red say she didn't open up because it was like shit. This is it, you can get more open than than how I felt you all, but you know what? When I look at that, it was because I was in the same a similar closed off space myself, so I could I guess I could um, relate really heavily with your openness for a closed person you see because i remember um i remember i remember when i knew i had just lost it someone i was dating looked at me and said i just can't depend on you damn you just that hurts that That really hurts and i just looked and i was like huh you know because i'm drunk when she's telling me this and she's like i just can't depend on you and it wasn't until maybe months later when I got clean and I started thinking about like how she must have felt like how many times had I let this girl down right for her to say like pooch I love you but I cannot depend on you for shit and you know I I guess for me because like I said I didn't care about my fucking health uh, I could care less I, I was very much an RN and definitely a registered nurse uh and so I just when I looked at it, what got me to shape up my life, I thought about all the people I hurt, all the people I hurt. I hurt a lot of people um, being me. You know, I my current my current place of where I work right now, uh, I had an interaction between one of my coworkers. It made me think like, wow, I've grown a lot. Someone told one of my coworkers, hey, man, you should watch how you say things. Coworkers first response was like, well, I'm fucking real. I'm real. I, I say I, I say how I want. And I just kind of looked at them and I just snapped. And I thought about someone telling me this years ago and me being like, man, motherfuckers, get over it. And I just, I, I walked up to him. I pat him on the back. I said, you got to learn the art of finesse. He said, what does that mean? I said, you just know there's always a mean way to say something nice. There's always a nice way to say something mean. Right. He looked at me and said, I'm going to say it how I want to say it. And I said, and that's exactly your problem right there. Yep. That's exactly your problem. You're going to say how you want to say it. It's, it's one of the things where, you realize becoming an adult is a lot more than just saying what you want to say and doing what you want to do when you want to do it. The funniest thing is when we turned 18, what we all said, I'm grown. I'm grown. I'm grown. As a matter of fact, there was a gift. Uh, it's a video I love of myself mm-hmm. that Meezy took. We was about to do a live show and mm-hmm. I was sitting there drunk as a fucking skunk. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, maybe you don't need to drink anymore. And I'm sitting up there like, I'm grown. I'm gro-. I was so far from grown. I was so far from grown. Like what's so funny? What's so funny about this, y'all, is like as I, as we me and her are telling these stories, um, uh, I don't even know if she remembers. Uh well, I know I remember. I know she probably does too, but y'all probably don't. But when COVID first started and we were losing our motherfucking minds, especially as creators, we had to hop on like uh like cocktail like lives. And and TA did their first cocktail live, and I was on there with them. And when I tell you we was drunk, when All I of say us. Oh, we was all. Dr- I started saying some incriminating stuff. Rez was all of this. Get off Neither. live. Get off. As a matter of fact, I spent all twenty twenty on live drunk, <laughs> drunk. Yo, <laughs> that that was like a week into quarantine, y'all. It was crazy. Like I remember, it was the first time I'd ever spoken to them like visually, and it was just one of them things. And then I just got on there like drinking. I don't remember what I was drinking, but I remember I was shooting shots at everybody in the comment section. I think I, I think I even put my cell phone number in, you know, just embarrassing, just embarrassing. You know, it's crazy. I but I, I like to say that, you know, for that, um, 
it was it was necessary because it's it just like my personally my pastor says you got to go through it to get through it you know what i'm saying and that was just one of those things when i think about who i am now i think about people asking me for advice like literally asking me my black ass for advice i'm like wow i had to have gone through these life experiences had i not went through them i would not have been able to tell you what it was to be like so thank you rez for sharing that i really do appreciate it now if i may ask we transition into podcasting because you is a podcaster a potter podcaster you have gone through a transition that i think is so cool you went from someone who was podcasting when definitely it was something that you know only famous people did yeah um to going through a, i remember you saying it one time on your show it's like well you know it's hard coming in week to week the podcast you know sometimes you're like why are we even doing this and then quarantine hit and mm. then we as podcasters kind of came the backbone of entertainment is a form because you know your your regulars they couldn't go you couldn't go to no club you couldn't see people so you had to turn around and even if you were looking at the like the the the, the twerking videos, I like a nice twerking video here and there. But even that got a little old, and you were like, "Okay, so what's these podcasts about?" How do you feel now as a podcaster, three three years deep in the game, and seeing like the evolution of like yes yourself and what you do and how you're viewed as a podcaster? Does it feel weird that people like view as a podcast, not just Rez anymore? Like, oh, Rez podcaster. I think people have this perception of what they think a podcast is based off of everybody. Like it's a very saturated industry. A lot of people have a podcast, but there's different levels to what you're doing on your podcast. And I think when people hear, cause a lot of people that I talk to on a day to day, I don't tell them that I do a podcast. I, the people that know that I do a podcast, know. Um, and then they'll come up to me and they're telling everybody about it. I let them do the talking and people look at me like, oh, you have a podcast. Of course you have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. And then they see it and they like, oh, she has a podcast. So I say that to say, like, we started in my second bedroom. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we started in Nick's living room. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Nick. Never met him before, but shout out to Nick. And shout, uh, shout out, out to Simmons. Congratulations on the baby. Huh? Oh, it go ahead. Him. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Oh, no. I was just saying shout out to Simmy too for uh, becoming a mother. And shout out to Nick too for, I mean, this baby should be like, what, two years old now? About, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to his baby. <laughs> so just going from there to the second bedroom to the, the tower to where we are now, it is an evolution. But I think there is a misconception with the with the saturated net, um, industry where you can just set up and do it and just record and just talk. And there's no no format like everybody thinks that they can get on and be Joe Button, just come in there and just talk about stuff for hours with no foundation. But I've been taking it serious from the beginning. I'm a Virgo. I've been having my notebook. What are we talking about? What are we doing? Like taking notes, like this is what Why the segment is going to be. This is where we're going to cut. This is how long it's going to be. What song are you playing? What's your meme? Like it's a job. I take my podcast very seriously and it just take, it took time. It took time. It was work. It was a lot of work, but there is fun in it. Like I get to talk about the things that I want to talk about with my, my best friend, Meezy. I get to spend time with my husband. We get to look back on things and see the evolution from us being little dusty young kids to us being in our 30s and flourishing and skin glowing. So it's it's fun. And then, like you said, you could give advice on it now. You know, 
what's crazy to me though is like um because uh, shout outs to your husband ea green that's my man um i remember when i first started podcasting um straight up was so funny to me was um i had no idea what the fuck i was doing so all i did was copy this show that's it i have that dm where you sent it on twitter and you were like you literally said hey um can you help us like can you help me and eric uh he jumped in the dm he's like yeah actually i can help you just send me a message on instagram it's easier and it was i mean it was up from then but we're not like those podcasters that you can't talk to i say this all the time we're regular people talk to me i talk back and I talked I mean, to me, I talked back. I said that so many times on my show, and what was so crazy was that had they not probably said that on their show, I wouldn't have been so um I probably wouldn't have reached out because you're right. One of the things that gets really weird about podcasting, as Riz has touched on, is like, dog, some people do think they just like me and her just come in here and we're like, hey, I got something to say. Hook up the mic. Like, like, like we're gonna drop a disc beat or something. Like, no, nigga, this ain't Pro Tunes. You gotta no, put it's not. It's, like, and it's not a, a, a session for you to just spitball and just talk about everything. When you go into making an episode, you need to say, this is what I want to talk about. This is what's on my heart. This is what I want my audience to get from it. And then, you know, bring it back around and give advice. Like, I don't want people to come in and listen to my podcast and be like, damn, this bitch needs to see a therapist. I want her to come in and say, oh, my gosh, she got through that. Meezy got through this. I can get through it, too. too. Yeah. And, and and may I say, I like like I said, y'all, I'm a fanboy because Rez, like, you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, if, if I can be very uh if I can be very, very vulnerable for about 10 seconds, this show sexual actually textual active in some ways definitely helped save my life. Um, I was obviously everyone listening to my show, if you listened to this before, I was very, very much deep into different things that I was not proud of prior to podcasting and my podcast only began because i wanted to talk about what i was doing um um but also many of you attempted uh suicide i obviously didn't succeed uh attempted three times but obviously that's a whole nother story for another day i'm so, so sorry when, about that i'm yeah, glad you're like, still here with us like i can't imagine how tough that had to be to get through but it's so great to see you on the other side of this what was so crazy about that and i appreciate you um is that um I didn't even know I was attempting suicide when I was doing it. I was just ODing on accident. Like I was so far gone on what I was doing with my life that every time I came back, I would kind of just be like, oh, wow, that was that was rough. Oof, can't believe it. And then when I got sober, I looked back and I was like, yo, I was because in situations like that, there's always like a, a split second when you say, I don't give a fuck anymore. And you just kind of go with the wind. And it's just at that moment is when you've lost all hope. And so Texture Active gave me hope because one day I was listening and he told a story about how he did not go to school for this. He said, I didn't go to school for this. He said, I just, you know, I was doing this thing in my life. I was working and, and I decided I liked this and I just kept doing it. And as a black man at the time, I felt so stuck. I was who I was. And at that point in my life, I felt I was going to die who I was. And for E to say, no, nah, I decided to switch things up. Not in my life. I would have never assumed. I would have never assumed. So it was like one of these things where like I oddly, I clinged on to like everything you said, everything y'all said. I mean, hell, Meezy could probably show the DMs. I had DM'd Meezy back in like 2018 
And I told him, and this is before I even followed him. I found him and I said, hey, I really like what you said in this episode. It was really, really good. And I feel you, man. Keep it up. Because at one point I felt Neezy's energy was like nobody fucking knows or nobody fucking cares. And it just, it hurt me to feel the same way. So it's like kind of crazy how we bonded over trauma. But at the same time, I thought we were having so much fun. I felt like we were having so much fun. I don't feel that way today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's things that you do to cope with the feelings that you're feeling. When you are in that dark space, it's just so many voices telling you different things it's you hear your voice you hear other people's voice and then you just all of those voices sometimes aren't saying the nicest things so to be able to turn on something that's a distraction and you hear people going through the other the same thing they're voicing their opinion in a way where you don't have to hear the voices in your head for a moment and i i really appreciate you saying that because just doing this and listening to other shows, I have that same feeling. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Just being able to relate on that level. And I'm glad that we were able to provide a space for you to come to not only listen, but to talk to us and, you know, be responsive. Cause there are some people who could just brush you off and be like, yo, this dude is being weird. And imagine if we were like that and the next oh, episode, man, we talking about you like, dang, he oh, thought he copied it. Oh. Like, Ooh, it would have, it would have, it could have went bad. So I say that to say like people got, you got to be gentle with people. You never know what people are going through. Most definitely. Most definitely. Because I tell you this, I mean, I don't care now, but at the time I wasn't proud of it. I, um, you know, if anybody listens to my shows listening right now knows I graduated from a public Ivy League institution, which again, I tell people all the time, all that means I got a fancy piece of paper and I got to pay a lot of money back to pay that motherfucker down. Okay. Cause okay. I ain't put the to work yet. All right. Yep. But anyways, as a person who graduated from a public public Ivy League institution, when I met Textually Active Podcast, guess what I was doing for a living? I worked at a fucking shoe department. It was basically <sighs> Players Club. I mean, legitimately. I was listening to you all to get through the day to because I was a stalker. So I would be stocking these motherfucking shoes at this shoe department. And I remember listening and thinking like it was a it was a it was a healing thing to come down and to listen. And what what got me was if if they can come back every week and they have problems, then I can get up. And that's what I would tell myself. I was like, I can get up. I can get up. Because it was hard. It would, it would be so hard to get up and know, like, oh, shit, I hope nobody see me at this department store. Like, oh, shit, like, I fell off. Like, oh, shit, I didn't gain some weight. Oh, shit, my hair, hairlines receding. It was just a bad time in my life. And so, like, what kept me going was the fact that I was like, okay, these people are doing it. Fuck it. Like, goddamn it, so can I. Like, and I don't even know y'all. I don't even know y'all personally. Like, I'm already It's so funny about- because I was, when we first started, T.I. had mm-hmm. just moved to North Carolina. I didn't finish my, my first attempt at college. Mm-hmm. And I was a student going to adult student going to university at WSSU a big Ram um, and just working as a server. I think I worked at, you know, odd jobs too. And I, I still didn't feel like fully confident because I knew that it was things that I was going through. So that's funny that you say that you were working those situations because Meezy wasn't happy with his job. None of us were happy with our jobs, but we were getting through. That was the very first episode that made me reach out to Meezy because he said how much he hated his job. And I thought I was the only motherfucker who really, because at that point in my life, you know, there's it, it, everybody who's going through their 20s has felt this now. There's like your early 20s when everybody ready to turn up to 21, 22 in like the best shape of your life, whatever, you know, and then you hit that mid 20 woes. 
And you know, one of two things gonna happen in your mid twenties: either you're gonna elevate or you're gonna deflate. And boy, I combusted on the fucking scene, all right. And so I wasn't at a happy point. But it seemed like other people were happy. But you know what? At the time, Rez, I'm not gonna hold you. I was really looking through social media lenses, mad looking right. through what other people had going on. So at the time, you know, you go to these events. You only want to go to events because it's just like, oh, so what you got going on? Oh, I'm working in the shoes department. Motherfucker, didn't you graduate from that that that, that school? Yeah. You work in a shoe department? And I'll tell you, when it yeah. really came home for me, when my high school English teacher saw me there, and I said, oh, shit, son. Man, I didn't really fall off. I probably went home and, man, I probably went home and drank like a whole bottle of vodka that night. It was wild. It was crazy. But I will say this, though. Fun times. <laughs> that question used to eat me up. What do you do for a living? Like, you ain't got nothing else to talk about? Like, hey, look, let me ask you something. If you want to know what I do for a living, are you going to pay these bills when I tell you I can't afford it? So now, Andres, what I do now when people call me, like straight up, like especially when they call me out the blue, they be like, hey, Pooch, what y'all to? Man, ain't nothing. Just trying to get to his money because a brother broke. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no money in the bank trying to do what I got to do. Because one thing I need to touch on with Rez that she probably has heard before. But uh, has anybody thought you make a lot of money yet? Because motherfuckers think I'm big timing. People think that I make so much money. Where is this money coming from, Riz? I would like to know. I would I, like to make a fraction of the amount of money that people think that I have. People invite me to shit, and it's almost insulting. You think girl, I can do what? And then on the night they invite How much me, is it to go? You, and what they invite you think me I can go? do that? A person hit me up on Instagram and said, hey, man, listen, you funny. I said, oh, man, I appreciate you. I said, hey, dog. Um, I got a show I love to have you on. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I love to be on the show. I love to be on the show. He said, how quickly can you be in Houston? I said, two to four weeks. A um, month? Give me a month. What a, the flight's looking like? like Give me a second. Let me go what? check my account. This nigga said that shit like, oh, let me go ahead and gas up the Lear. And, uh, you know, we'll be there in two days. Like, listen. I'm, I'm still at the point with my finances that when I'm in line to buy something, I still check my banking account. Rez, I'm at the to point make sure that it's all there before I go getting crazy. I'm at the point in my life where dig this. Um, I still scan the most expensive shit last. I still, I still, I still steal. Okay, <laughs> yo, I steal when I'm not with yo, EA. Yo, at the yo, store, the I steal. Right there. I still I steal. steal. Okay, it's it, until I stop stealing. I'm not there yet. I, I still go to CVS. I'm the reason they got cameras in CVS at self-checkout. Like, are you shitting me? They was like, this girl is robbing us blind. It's me. Hey, yo, I'm not going to hold you. It was y'all in this podcast. Shout outs to the homie. Um, he made woman haters. That, that, that uh, matter of fact, that's how I found you guys. Um, that stated that they stole. The I remember... I remember that one of the episodes when Mouse was just going on about how they steal. And I was just like, bruh, if they don't fucking shut up. It's like, and Mouse and the OG <laughs> black man. Yo, they, their podcast is great. They're some funny, funny men. Bro, shout out to Reek, man. I've actually had him on my show. I need to release the episode and stop acting like it's D-time. What are you yeah. doing? Why haven't you released the episode with Reek? I, you know, depression. I understand. I, I understand. Honestly, actually, <laughs> if anything, I'm probably going to, if Reek, if you ever hear this, I'm probably going to have to redo that episode because you want to talk about fanboying. Now that was some fan point for your ass. Listen, that's so funny that you like <laughs> your one word was depression. I'm like, shit. Depression. <laughs> it's okay. It we, is. you got. I mean, uh, it's well, heavy. The, it, well, the funniest thing about it was is that Reek and I, when we did that episode, it was literally um, at the beginning of the year, 
and we talked about how we saw the year going. And I was so happy when I did the episode with him. The very next day, something stupid happened to me, and it literally sent me. And I remember thinking that, like, I I, I don't know. I, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. And I remember when I when I felt like, and then I did that stupid thing that people do. They do comparison. So if he, if you know, Charles Dereek. If you ever hear this, I'm sorry I put out the episode, but I just didn't feel good enough. I remember, like, bro, like, you're not that good. Like, don't, why you think you're good enough to even be on an episode with him? So I just kept it like a dumbass. I just kept it. It's okay. It's still, it's still relevant. And I'm sure there are ways, if you don't even release the whole episode, that you can cut it up and do it like a reflection episode for 2020. Most definitely. That's probably what I'll do. One. Uh, shout outs to him and then also as i said shout outs to mouse jones because that's how i ended up finding you guys that's it's funny how the universe works like that in in different ways because if it wasn't for one episode from another show that you guys were on for like 20 minutes at that you know what i'm saying leading to y'all whole episodes of talking about how Measy breaking the hotel wall uh. and, and, and 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 so on and so on. i said who the fuck are these people it's so funny be because the way we met mouse was mm-hmm. I was listening to um, the read in the friend zone and he, I think he was doing BET then. And I heard his story on either one of those shows. And I was like, yo, this guy is funny. And then um, there was a girl, a woman in North Carolina. She does this 20 something doing something event, or she used to, and she was bringing down people to come and talk on a panel. And, you know, she invited mouse down and she's like, we need somebody in the city to make sure that he's good. He's, you know, pretty popping and he's going to need something to do. And he, and she thought me and EA would be a good fit to make sure that he's good. So we just had a great weekend. And then from there on, it was like, yo cousin, what's up? (laughs) It's been up ever since, but it's just funny how you meet people and how, how living every day, you feel like you're just like this, little drop of water in a bucket dead ass and you feel like you're just the only person going through everything that you're going through but when you start opening your mouth on your podcast you realize that you're not the only people you find a whole community of people who enjoy talking and enjoy having conversations outside of who should be paying for the drink or who should who should be paying the bills or how do you split the bills in the household what's a gender role why like it's deeper conversations to have how are you doing mentally (laughs) <laughs> what percentage is your brain capacity on right now? Why do you think your grandmama stayed with your granddaddy even though he had eight outside kids and two other wives and uh, uh, was a jack of all trades? Right. Because okay. <laughs> he was a rolling stone. I don't know. Depression. Say, he was depressed. I, he was depressed. Exactly. <laughs> what I will say, though, is like you said that uh, the drop of um, like a water. Shout out to you. You were definitely sober. That is some sober shit. That is sober people talking right there. Um, but What's even cooler about what you just said is like meeting people, right? I, I think good podcasting, at least great podcasting or whatever you want to call it, is uh, banked off of like relatability. If people can feel like they can relate to you, they will come back to you every time. But it's got to be bigger than relatability because, you know, social media makes you feel like you can know what anybody has going on. They got to also be able to feel you're sincere. And saying that, man, there was some episodes of Texture Active back in the day, especially when y'all had four guests. I was like, hey, don't talk about me, nickel. Nerd, nickel. I'll get on my nerves. How y'all know? How y'all know? Like, I felt, bro, I'm not going to lie. There were some days I had to I had to turn the, I had to turn the music down a little bit. I feel attacked. This is not okay. 
This are is there not... microphones in here? Are there Man, listen. I, and what was so crazy? I kid you guys not, and I don't say this to like like to flex. I was like 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 I was like following Texas Active without following them, and then one day they followed me, and I said, "Oh my god, y'all followed me." The page for me, y'all probably had like 100 followers at the fucking time, anyways. Yeah, and- I was the one that did it. I was working. Let me tell you how I built my Instagram in, uh, or sexually active Instagram in uh, three months and my own too. I Man. I follow people, I get on their page and I like three to four pictures and they follow back. What are used to nowadays? Listen. People are different, yeah. But you know, I, so crazy. that's how I took it to the next level. I would go on. You know, a podcast that we've been on, go through their followers, click on a couple people, like their pictures, follow them, give them a couple days. If they follow back, keep them on. If they don't, unfollow. But that's how I grew it. And that's how, and leave a comment too. Shit, go crazy. Listen, listen and what's so crazy is foundation she ain't lying about because after, you know, after you all followed me, I was like, oh my goodness, this player told me. Again, maybe had 100 follows. Didn't fucking matter. I mean, I listened to the show. So it was like, to me, I felt real. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> although I've kind of slowed down because life is life now and I got different things going on, I got the concept of making three episodes a week from OG Black Man because he did it like that. But then I got the concept of coming back at the same time after I heard Red say, she was like, what time are we posting and what time are we doing this? And when I realized like you guys had pretty much taken over a day, I was like, whoa, I'm actually literally waiting for a Tuesday. I can tell you what today is based off if Texture Active dropped. So it's like literally sometimes in the week, I'm like, what's today? Texture Active thing drop. Okay, it's Monday or it's, it's Sunday or, oh, Texture Active put out a new episode. It, it must be this time of day. And it was so funny because this is when y'all really took over my brain. This is how I knew you guys had it. When Toxic by Britney Spears became the Texture Active song to me, <laughs> I said, oh, these niggas got it. They got it. They got something yep. They got something there. And it's just one of those things where you got to listen. I mean, granted, I didn't mean to do this, but to turn it back to what I was talking about with my coworker that one time is listening. Like I hit up E probably like, I don't know, like up teen times. Like, and it was like the most Vegas shit. I would just be like, hey, EA, what type of mics y'all use? These mics. Okay. Hey, EA, when do y'all do this these days? Oh, okay. And it just like ran with it. But if it wasn't just listening, it was understanding that like people before you, have some understanding of something, you should probably listen. Because the last thing we get into about podcasting is this, and I'm sure you probably find this annoying. I want to be on podcasts like yo. I want podcasts like yo. I I get podcasts like yours. Well, do you listen to podcasts? Have you listened to my podcast? No, I don't even like listening to podcasts. All right. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You have to, you have to study whatever you're going to get into. Yeah. And you call it copying. I call it taking notes. Like you're taking notes to see what works and what doesn't work. If you're not listening to podcasts, how are you supposed to know like what people expect to hear when they go in and listen to your podcast? Like people don't want to just hear you rambling. No. And it, and I'll give you your flowers too. It takes a lot to do a podcast by yourself. You know, I used to think that wasn't that big of a deal until other podcasters told me that. And then I kind of sat with myself and I went through a little bit of a dry spell at one point. And I thought, I was like, wow, is this what people mean? Like, I'm literally just doing this by myself. So it's just like me versus me, me doing this by myself. But I mean, I give you guys bigger ups because honestly, I have, unbeknownst to most people, I have actually tried to do a podcast with somebody else. It didn't work. I, I ain't had time for that. See, I'm on what you call of the uh, Mamba Method. And uh, you call it being a Virgo. I call it the mama method. And that's if you don't do what the fuck you need to do <laughs> when I, when we, sorry, not I, let me bring it back, let me bring it back. That's therapy. 
when we said we gonna do it, then why the fuck are we not doing it? And right. then I get really upset. And then you know, everybody got they don't really want to deal with me. You know, shout out to my gang, SMG, Sarcaricus Network. I love my people, my people love me, but they know sometimes when I say we gonna do something, we ain't we doing do it. We gonna I'm gonna hold yeah. you to that. I'm gonna hold you to it, or we, I'm gonna magic Johnson. I, I wrote it down, I put it I'm in my calendar here much longer. We we gonna do something, yeah. And so, no, shout out to you all, because I've, I've thought about that a couple of times. And I, I, I said it on an episode with Meezy. I said, Meezy, what does it feel like, like, doing a show? This is before you you and you were married, but obviously you guys have been together for, you know, up to times. I mean, up to years or whatever. And I said, dog, is it feel like they're, like, kind of ganging up on you? But not, like, in the sense of, like, like being mean. It was more like, yo, Meezy, like, please, can we do this? And he kind of explained it. And I thought, I don't know if I want to do that. That was so funny though, because the way he explained it was right. He was like, Well, you know, they'll talk to Rez and E will talk about it together first, and then they'll come to me and Rez and already convinced E. So now they're trying to convince me. And it's yeah, it's it's different because it's a different dynamic because we live together, obviously, and Meezy. So we're most times catching him up to speed because he's not a good texter. So whenever we oh, see no, him, it's like, hey, he's so when we're doing this, we need to do it like this because I thought about it. And he's like, man, that's dumb as hell. Then he's like, well, well, well <laughs> what if we do it like this? <laughs> and then like in some fashion, he, he just go ahead and does it anyways or whatever it may be. And I, you know, and oh, I no, get- he's not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> he's not. But he's good with compromising and saying, all right, well, I don't want to do it like that, but I think it would make more sense to do it like this. And then we just meet in the middle. We've been doing it for so long together. It's like, all right, he said it's dumb. I'm not about to keep arguing about it being good. Maybe it was a dumb idea. Like, I just be up in the middle of the night sometime thinking about shit and it don't be slapping. So. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, if, I, if I ranked the three people uh, I thought were approachable, on TA, Meezy would always be last. And he yes. always says this when I say that to him. He's like, no, I want to be approachable. And I'd be like, wanting and is my brother. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> Two different things. But no, Meezy Boulevard, that's my man's 500 grand. Like, he, he's a cool dude. You know, as because Meezy's one of those uh, rare people who actually, I feel like, actually says what he feels and means what he feels, but then has the sense of understanding even if what he means, what he feels at that moment felt right later on down the line he is willing you know in some cases to be like well maybe that wasn't that right you know what i'm saying but that's how right. i felt at the moment where most people were like nigga i felt that way and i still feel that way it's like nah dog like you gotta you know be able to adapt but i i just i i, I hate I, I i i love the admiration that some people feel for podcasting i hate the idea that people have about it though yeah because- i think it started change though I think we're we're in a tide of the podcasters that have been doing this for longer than us. They're transitioning from podcasts to brand deals or to from podcasting to TV shows or from podcasting to radio shows or production or like they're moving up. So in my head, it's like, oh, that class is graduating. So now there's space. For the other guys, for the guys who've been consistent for this long. So they're making room and I'm like, I'm not going to miss this. No, I'm going to keep doing what what I've been doing. You know what I mean? So it's just after a while, we say it's saturated. But talk to me when you have 
a hundred plus episodes and then we could talk about who's consistent and who's not it's been we the last break that we took was probably like the only break we really got because it'd be times where we're like all right well we know your birthday's coming up or christmas is coming up we just gonna double up an episode and drop still i think the only break we were taking for a long time was new year's and it might i add to Grizz made a good point about 100 plus episodes. Now, I didn't think about this because at one point my podcast was strictly therapy. I had to do it to keep me from being on things I didn't want to be on. So it was just one of those things that what I had to do to survive. But once it got to a point where it became a brand, and Rez will definitely vouch for me on this. Once your, once your podcast becomes a brand, oh, it takes on a whole different life. Mm-hmm. Once you Once you hear someone say for the first time something you said on the show, like right. I remember the first time I heard someone say, uh, well, first time I heard someone call me um, sophisticated ignorant, I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> see how thugs cry. Um, it, it's just a cool thing. But then I will say it gets scary, Riz, because you got to start walking that thin line of understanding that you are still, you know, Riz. But then now in the eyes of what you want to be, you can't be res. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like for me now, I'm like, wow, I really can't just go on the deep end and just start, I don't know, going on Twitter rants and just saying the most reckless shit outside of my mouth anymore. I may be really fucking up a bag because you're not lying. There are a right. lot of OGs of the podcasting world who are now they're 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 they've trendsetter they've gone somewhere else which only opens up doors for people like you and i who have been inconsistent in this to which i ain't gonna hold you rez i feel a, a little slight back then mike jones playing in my head and every time i get up in the morning sometimes i'm like oh this is crazy right right i thought i was silly and i was just first sitting there getting drunk on the phone and i didn't want to say i'm gonna be on the show shut up nigga can't right. be on my show exactly right. it's up. like you but then also on top of that with your brand you're still battling with yourself with the imposter syndrome that you're feeling it's like dang my podcast is reaching new levels but i still feel like i'm in the same place and you have to do exercises with yourself to get that out of your head because as average as you think you are there are people listening somebody's listening even if it was one person listening somebody listening and somebody is on the other side of whatever you're saying like yeah yeah and the moment you feel like giving up you getting them dms yo what you said this episode i really relate to or you know i i didn't know that you could get through this by doing that and it just keeps you going until but you can't depend on that validation because it may not come every week it may not come every month it's can i be real with you yeah i remember i didn't get a recognition on my podcast for about four months and realistically, probably would have went longer than that had I not pulled the trigger and sent you guys an episode. Um, when I, I the first time it was, um, and I haven't done this in so long, I should get back on it. It was for us by us, and I wanted to show love to the people who, like, I felt like did great. And I remember, I remember when Meezy retweeted my podcast for the first time. Girl, I went outside and cried. You'd have thought oh. I got drafted. You'd have thought I got drafted number one overall. I was just <laughs> so happy that somebody else was listening because at the time, even if you see the number ticking. It doesn't even feel real until someone says something to you about it. Because and people will listen in silent and not say anything until the episode don't drop. And then they're like, yo, what's up? Where's that? Or people will listen and they won't repost it. Everybody's not posting it to their story. Mm-mm. Some people, 
You remember when everybody didn't want to say that they was listening to Wiz Khalifa because they felt like it was like an underground thing and they don't want people to know about because if it gets too hot, then go, now it's not this. hot anymore. I'll tell you a short story real quick and I'll read you right there. Yesterday or two days ago uh, at my place of employment, a young man came in wearing an outcast sweatshirt. Okay. I said, I like your sweatshirt, man. And then because of the job I do, I knew how old he was. And he goes, yeah, man, I love Andre 3000. I go, yeah, man, Outkast is dope. He goes, you listen to this type of music? <laughs> I said, young man, I was alive when that album came out. You were not. And you go, oh, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, so I remember when it's Khalifa, Big Sean, Wale, J. Cole. I remember when all these people, actually, I seen uh, most of those guys for like $40. And I remember when they were all underground uh, and people did not want to talk about them. And it was this like weird era, right? When Instagram at first got started where you were like, cool. Um, kind of how Meezy is with deep cuts. And it was like that you were the deep cut man on niggas and got my music. And I used to think it was so dope because that music was good. But why the fuck, if I'm that good, why y'all keep me a secret? I will tell you this. I want to be overpaid. Okay. I ain't trying to die over, you know, underrated. I don't give a fuck what Mr. Carter said. No, overpay me. All right. In this lifetime, I'm trying to get overrate paid. me too. Hell, overrate and overpay. Overrate and overpay me. I'll be overrated all day. Overrate me, baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say my government name. I mean, shit the pooch. All right. Shit. Okay. That's mean. But <laughs> then they'd be like, oh, she changed. You're damn right. You're I changed. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The day y'all see me, and the hairline's back. It's over. Don't say that. It's over. Ain't that but a word. Once the hairline. Which we gotta get you on sexually active. I, listen, don't make <laughs> me cry. I won't listen. You know what's funny is um is what was crazy was I actually really really wanted to reach out to y'all about coming on there right before the pandemic started because I yeah. remember I had just went to New York and that's when I actually met Reek in New York. I went to this mm -hmm. party and everything was cool. And I was like, damn, I want to come on your show. And I remember we were drunk on live. And I said, hey, yo, let me come on the show. And he said, uh, when COVID's over with, I don't know uh, how soon we're going to be able to see Uncle Pooch. And now we're two years deep into it. And E, I would love to come on anytime, brother. And Absolutely. I think <laughs> we could probably, um, I don't know. I don't want to speak for what we do, but we'll no, figure no. it out. We got we, it. We'll figure it out. Don't, don't say it on air. You're going to just break my heart. You're going to make like, right. you're going to be like me and uh, Reek's episode. It's going to be like detox. This nigga probably won't. Yeah, you can't start making promises on air because people will be like, 57 minutes in, she yeah. said. She said, you know, because I <laughs> that they could and we could. And Let me tell y'all something. If, if, if I don't get on your show and I see y'all on MTV, I'm hating. I'm hating. Right. I'm hating. Yeah, yeah. So you just got on. You didn't want to put me on the show? No, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, Rez. Thank you so very much for being on. Um, as far as everything goes, if you had like one piece of advice um, to give, like just someone who wanted to even just be a creator, not just a podcaster, because at this point you're more than a podcaster, you're a content creator. What yeah. would be your one piece of advice to give to someone who wants to be a content creator? I would say study what you want to do. You can't just assume this is how people do it. You have to be educated on the things that you're going to do because when it gets to the nitty gritty and you're trying to figure out why, why something ain't working, you would know if you did the research, do the research. Google is out there. Spend some time perfecting your craft the same way people tell you to go to school, to be a teacher, 
go to school to be a content creator. There are many resources out there. All these girls doing workshops, training, YouTube University, all these apps. Know what you're doing. Get in there, be educated on it, and be a master in your field. And have that confidence. I'm a graphic designer. I'm, I'm not a podcaster. I'm a content creator. Like, just have to swag with it. <laughs> and what's so cool about that is, is that, again, we didn't go to school for this. I we did didn't. Not. Nobody in my family made, first and foremost, no my family owned a goddamn computer until my mama moved out of her mama's house. Okay. So we definitely did not grow up with technology. So I just love the fact to see y'all flourish. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, I, young Puche, I am the auntie level, but, you know, one day I want to love on somebody's auntie. I'm going to talk to you about that on the next episode. But, uh, but you know, just to see you all as a nucleus. I'll say this and I'll say it a hundred million times. See black people as a whole, you, Measy, uh, your husband, EA, and, you know, the staff he has over there, Open Media Lab, shout out to Open Media Lab. Um, just doing the damn thing is so inspiring. I'm going to say something that I find funny. So if y'all don't find it funny, when I saw E had a white man working with him on forum, I said, that's a black man I want to get to know. <laughs> that's right. That white people working for him. I said, ooh, man. That's right. Making the answers sprout. <laughs> How's it feel? I'm signing your paycheck. Hmm? But nah, as, as always, ladies and gentlemen, it's always nice to have somebody like Rez on. You know, I, I can't not let her not be on for a second episode. But like always, man, a lot of peace, get the evil within you. Until next time, I'm out. Sarkarigan's production. What's the name of Uncle Poochie's podcast? Six, six, six Feet Under podcast. This is Sarkarigan's.